You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth Living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans, number one, one. of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, I'm up in that fish tank. Welcome back to the Fish Tank, right here on the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, Seth Levitt with my main man, OJ, Juice McDuffie, how you feeling today? Man, I'm doing great, Big Seth, you know, you know how we do it, man, anytime you come on my side of the ball, yeah. you know what I mean, you know, I'm loving things, even though I was kind of a defensive player myself at times. You always say that, I know, but I, you I only book offensive guests. Well, well, yeah, that's true, but I, I say that because I want to make sure that if I ever get into a fight, you know, the defensive guys always got, got the right guys, guys kind of sit back sometimes, you know what I mean? Well, unless they're this guy. Well, unless they're this guy, and can we say a yeah, dream the guest? Dream. Is this the dream guest we've been waiting <laughs> for? Jed the Dream Weaver, welcome to the fish tank. Thanks, man. guys. It's great to be here. Well, so, and we were talking about it earlier, and I guess I'll put you on blast right now. One of our biggest sources of information, you know, when we're looking for guys within a certain era, because, you know, we always do our research. I text Dream, and he's always got two to three fantastic stories, and maybe two that we can't even use, <laughs> but he's always got good stuff. So finally, so well, I, I got to get in the tank, yeah. and you're here. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's fun times. I loved every minute playing, and uh, if you can't have fun with your boys, what are you doing? Right, exactly right. And if you can't have fun with your boys, you can't be in the fish tank. Right. So that's why you are a prime <laughs> guest to have here in the tank. And, you know, I got to bring this up before we get started. So if you hear this today... This is not a new thing. Larry Izzo said you got to talk to Dream about speaking uh, about himself in the third person. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so if that if that comes out today, you know, we start if you start talking about Jed or the Dream, at least people will know it's not just for the TV audience. All right, all right, <laughs> that makes sense. So Dream, you're a, you're native of Oregon. Right, I mean, I don't know much about Oregon except for it's as far as hell. Yeah, uh, as far as hell, and apparently Carl yeah, from yeah. Oregon. Who knew? So, <laughs> talk to us a little bit about um, your hometown and how important sports were for you growing up. Well, it was a small town growing up, fifteen thousand people. You know, I didn't. We didn't have like youth football or any of that, little league football or baseball, and then you know, parks and rec basketball, and uh, really got to play. I loved football, always watching it, and um, you know, I mean, I just. In the backyard, always just throwing the ball on the roof and catching the ball. I think, uh, you know, laying in the house watching TV, throwing the ball up to myself and my hands were my greatest attribute playing. So I think that was, you know, just like anything else, repetition, repetition. And, you know, I was a pretty good baseball player in high school. I played in the all state football game and baseball game after high school. And, uh, I never really even considered playing baseball after high school. I always wanted to just play football and. Got an opportunity to walk on at Oregon. I didn't really get recruited, you know. When you're in a small town in eastern Oregon. Throwing coach, the ball off the roof, right? right? right, right <laughs> Can you right, send them game? Right. Is that my, hey, send me your film. Yeah. <laughs> Show the ball coming off the roof. Right. <laughs> One coach comes through, you know, asks the coaches. Our coaches, you know, the, the coach's kid was a quarterback, and uh, he was getting tons of recruiting letters and stuff like that, and no one else really got much, you know. But mm. uh, Made friends with a great coach out of Oregon, and uh, he was an Eastern Oregon guy. And, um, you know, I was able to walk on and uh, got a scholarship a couple years in. And that was the beginning of the program turning around at University of Oregon, and <laughs> it's right. unbelievable now. You know? haven't looked back, right? <laughs> yeah, I went to the Rose Bowl, went to the Cotton Bowl, and 
When I first started, we didn't even have all Nike gear. I do know? remember <laughs> that Rose Bowl game, though. <laughs> but I, right. We won't talk about that. <laughs> Is that one you're leaving out? Uh, yeah, I'll leave that one out. I'll leave that one out. But baseball, didn't, you, didn't you, don't your brothers play baseball? Did my cousins, they were on, yeah. Baseball? My first cousins, Jeff, he's my age. We're 11 days apart, and mm-hmm. uh, he played like 12 years in the big leagues. And yeah. so we were at the same time. It was awesome, you know, to be able to go see him in the off season, and he'd come down here, watch games, and uh, hang out. And then uh, the younger brother, Jared, he played – 10 or 11 years, and um, it's crazy. Knowing what I know now, I might have tried playing baseball because <laughs> uh, they're retired and chilling at the golf course, and uh, yeah. I'm, I'm working after my career in football, but uh, no regrets. I made it to where I wanted to be, got a Super Bowl ring, and uh, happy and living life, you know. In South Florida. That's right. That's not the worst thing. Yeah, we got here. You know, everyone from home's like, never thought you'd move to Miami. I'm like, I didn't choose to go to Miami. They called me and I was going there, you know. But you haven't left. Yeah, exactly. You know, (laughs) once uh, once you get here, it's hard to leave. You know, the sun is addicting. Tell me about it. I'm never going back up north. Yeah. 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 Well, Ohio, Oregon, I, I mean, I get it. I get it. I mean, both of them are right now kind of crazy weather-wise. <laughs> this is true. This but is it's, true. It's a little crazy down here, too. But. Yeah. So did they ever try to pull you into baseball? Or uh, well, did you Oregon play didn't have a baseball team at Oregon, but, you know, and then a varsity team, they do now. But, um, you know, I was playing on the uh, – But I'm saying your cousins, uh, were they like, bro, you need – you know, I mean, you should be playing baseball. No, no. And actually, Jeff, he uh, he wouldn't have even played baseball in high school if I didn't tell him because he was always like an all-star in Little League and Pony and Cole, you know, growing up, Babe Ruth. And then he wasn't going to go out for baseball in That's high school. Crazy. I'm like, bro, play. Tell, right. You know, make him tell you you can't, you know. And then he walked on at Fresno and um, – Now he's like a World Series champion. Yeah, <laughs> won the World Series. Both of them played on the Olympic team. He played in the 96 Olympics in Atlanta and uh, got his uh, bronze medal. I think they won a bronze and um, – Played in the World Series when they got with the Yankees, and then when they got beat by the Marlins, actually, and then um, uh, won one with uh, the Cardinals. He pitched the winning game, the clinching game, game five. We were there. That was awesome. How cool is that? Does he thank yeah. you? Does he ever? Hey, hey, man, I'm glad you convinced me to try out for ball. Or has he conveniently no, no, forgotten yeah, that? Yeah, part? yeah, he forgot all that. You know? <laughs> I think what's nice, man, is having family members in that play in the big leagues, man. You know what I mean? Like, you get some tickets? Nobody, nobody in my family, I don't think, ever made it other than myself. But when you have other family members that have made it, man, that's that's really cool right there. That's yeah, really it was cool. fun. Yeah. Something's in that Weaver blood, yeah. it seems like. <laughs> yeah. That's what it sounds like. So, look, you talked about walking on, not being recruited. And then, you know, we are going to talk about your NFL career and your seventh-round draft choice. The thing I like about the tank juice is that we can kind of dig into a guy's background and, and what makes somebody tick. And, and there's all kinds. We, we have the guys that were recruited by every major school in the country that are getting handwritten letters from iconic coaches that are first Shots round draft choices. Again. We have, Shots no, fired every, I'm every, just saying, every damn time. We have those every guys, the old football <laughs> silver spoon, right? There's those guys. And then there's the guys that have to throw the ball off the roof. There's the guys that have to fight and claw and and, I and ball every day too big. More than me if he was getting <laughs> handwritten letters. Uh, the handwritten letters by Joe Pa. So you know, everybody's got a different story. Is my point, Juice? I mean, you I take it however you want to take it. But everybody's got a different story. And what was that like? So you, you said you weren't recruited heavily. You had to walk on. You had to prove yourself. Were you sitting around the draft? Did you think you were going to be drafted higher? Were you happy to go in the seventh round? Did you think that it was going to be a free agent situation? And then after a year, you know, you're you're looking for a new home, right? So how much did that form and shape kind of the player that you became over the course of your career 
that things weren't handed to you. Not that they were handed to other people, but that things weren't handed to you. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to go <laughs> scrape and, and claw and, and uh, you know, I mean, scrap for every piece, you know. And I, I thought about playing baseball and leaving Oregon because, you know, really? walk on and... Um, I didn't think I was going to get to play that much, and, uh, you know, I wasn't getting a ton. You know, I was playing on special teams a little bit, and, um, you know, I called my dad one time, and he was like, look, the guys that are playing in front of you are going to the NFL. You know, you're at a major school, Pac-10, you're going to have the opportunity. You, you don't need to be a four-year starter to have that chance. If that's what you want, if you go to a smaller school, you're probably not going to get that opportunity. So, you know, and all, you know, all of those guys did play in the NFL before me. So coming out, Akili Smith was my quarterback. He was obviously oh, one of the top guys. So I knew that my tape would be getting seen because everyone's watching his. You know, we had right. his, his pro workouts, pro days at Oregon where, Tons of coaches everywhere, you know, so I knew I was going to get that exposure and all I just wanted was an opportunity, you know, I just needed that opportunity. And sometimes being a late pick to a team isn't as good of an opportunity as being a free agent, you know, being a seventh rounder, you're stuck on one team where a free agent, you have the opportunity to choose. You hear that, situation. right? It, once it gets late, you're kind of like, you know what, yeah, maybe I'll be right. better off to yeah. make a decision here. Yeah. Yeah. You get a little signing bonus, of course, but you know, you might just be stuck where you're at and not have, not have a chance, you know? And so I went in in the off season and going into training camp, I was number two on the depth chart. And, uh, you know, Jason Dunn was there. He was a huge, big guy. He was an athletic, but he couldn't run and catch all at the same time necessarily so you know and Andy Reid's was coming in and changing the whole scheme and everything else so those guys were phasing out and um, the first preseason game like the third play the starting tight end who they had signed from uh, Washington Jamie Asher the O guard offensive guard pulls around on a power play and headbutts him right in the ankle breaks his ankle in half and I'm the starter you know so I start the you know the whole season, make the all rookie team, and then in training camp, you know they brought in some guys in the off season, and there was just too many guys for not enough spots. And isn't that crazy uh, though? You're all yeah. rookie, right? And you think you've arrived, and then you get that call. Yeah, I go in to work out because I was you know I'm a young guy working out first thing in the morning after we broke camp, and they dude stand up my locker, bring your playbook upstairs, oh. man, and you know I go upstairs. About an hour later, I'm driving home in my '79 Ford Bronco and uh, <laughs> call my boy on the Jets. He should have been in meetings, but he answered his phone and <laughs> like, "What are you doing, bro?" He's oh, like, uh, he was the tight end the year ahead of me at Oregon, Blake Spence, and uh, I don't got a job, bro. I'm going to Atlantic City. I'm like, I don't got a job either. I'll meet you there. So. Oh, <laughs> we went out there, partied for the night, and then Tampa the picked him up it. the next day, picked him up off of waivers. The Dolphins picked me up. And you guys both went to Florida. Two days later, we were in Florida. and uh, Did you drive both... together straight from Atlantic City? It was one of those deals. <laughs> right? Road trip. We wouldn't have made that drive. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. Yeah. So one year after being in Philly, you find yourself in Miami with uh, Dave Wanstead, Rick Spillman. But I also, also understand, Seth, that you said something about a Bronco. I heard it was a sweet Cadillac you used to roll up. Oh, that caddy. Yeah, yeah, Cadillac yeah. used to roll up in, man. Talk so, you know, I, I had the Bronco in college. I put a new engine in it because I didn't know what, you know, if I was going to make the team. Right. I figured I'd be back in Oregon if I didn't, driving around camping and hunting and fishing. And uh, I actually lived out in New Jersey where everyone was at. So we used to drive across the Walt Whitman Bridge every day and uh, to get into Philly and big loud bronco and uh you're flying here so all your stuff's just wherever it was my right. my girl was still back in college in oregon so um looking around at places here with a realtor i see 
sweet 69 Cadillac and with a for sale <laughs> sign in the window and uh, called the number and got the car. And it was uh, the exact contrast of driving the Bronco to the 69 Caddy. It was like on pillows, you know, so it was sweet. <laughs> was it a convertible? No, I wanted to get a convertible, but, um, you know, it was there. And uh, that's why I never really what color was uh, that fixed thing? it up. Red. It was red. I yeah, remember that. Red. And did you put, I, I feel like you put something on the hood. We did a photo shoot and they did an article with um, some horns on the hood, okay. but I, they never got mounted. You know, oh. so <laughs> someone actually like brought them to the facility and dropped them off for because uh, they had heard about. They saw me or met me somewhere, and then uh, and said that car needs horns. Yeah. Like, <laughs> who does that? I know, right? <laughs> I see that car. You need yeah. horns. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've seen some of those movies where they're you know in Texas. Big Cadillacs, man. He's from Oregon, though. He's not from Texas. Yeah, but everyone knows the Duke's a hazard. Boss Hogg had some Longhorns on his caddy. Oh, that car was so you, man. But so that's funny. You were looking for houses and bought the car. Did your realtor try to take a commission on that deal? (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, no. I know how you guys do it. <laughs> we got a rental and a car, and uh, realtors aren't entitled to commissions on cars. Okay, good for you. <laughs> I can tell you that firsthand. Pull out the legal language on that. Right. <laughs> so, so, Dream, tell us about the team that year. I mean, I think the team went 11 and 5 that year. Last time we won a playoff game, and Lamar Smith was going crazy. Seth talked about it a little bit, man. Tell us a little bit about the team and, uh, you know, being down here in Miami. Would you, would you recall some of that? Yeah, I mean, that was, uh, it was a great time to be in the league because there was really a connection to like old school. You know, the league is obviously 20 years later now, so different. And even just in my six years playing, it really transitioned to a whole new thing. But there was, you know, old guys from, uh, you know, that really connected to an older generation and, um, so, you know, like in Philly, I played with Sean Landetta. You know, he was our punter. He played on, you know, he was on the 86 Giants, you know, back in the day. So He played you know. 100 years. Man. I mean, Sean <laughs> yeah. Landetta played a long yeah. time. Yeah, he might have been in the USFL, too. Like, that guy played a long yeah. time. Yeah, he had some stories about New York in the 80s. But um, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, I mean, those, you know, it was a really good team. You know, there was a solid group of guys here. And um, everyone, you know, I mean, everyone just worked super hard. And, you know, a lot of new guys. Obviously, Dan was done. And so Jay came in, and him and Damon were here fighting for the job. And, you know, I missed the whole off season. I got here, like, three days before the last preseason game, you know. So, for me, it was just really kind of trying to fit in. I did well in that preseason game and made the team. And, uh, you know, Ed Perry and Hunter Goodwin were here, so they were great guys. And um, That room, you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was classic. Old Pat, <laughs> old Pat Jones, you know, <laughs> running things in the tight end room. Uh, and, uh, you and Pat, how did that go? I mean, I polar opposites. <laughs> right, right. We've heard different Yeah, stories. I mean, he was funny. Him and Hunter were always going at it, and uh, he we was heard, just heard. off the chain, you know. And you, you always like to have – well, there's always one loud screaming coach, you know. Who's in the huddle? Who's out of the huddle? What groups in during practice? You know, screaming position groups, <laughs> transitioning. And he's just yelling to yell, you know. And then uh, Paul Boudreaux was the line coach, so he was a quiet guy. Well, then, you know, they got rid of well, – got rid of Boo and brought in Tony Wise. So then we had – in 01 and 02, we had two loud yelling guys. And now say, you got yeah, dueling banjos out there. And it's like, oh, this is way too much. Way too much. You all, both y'all are doing way too much. You got this laid back right. in Oregon. Yeah. Hey, dude. Yeah, like, why are you screaming? You know? <laughs> I can't imagine listening to Hunter and Pat and, and being a laid back guy sitting there. And Ed, Ed was just, you know, trying to figure out whose hair he was going to cut. Next yeah, that exactly. Right. So too funny. Yeah. Well, there's a moment that stands out to me that season that uh, I think is, in a lot of ways, a moment that will never be forgotten here. And it was the last game of the regular season. 
It was Christmas Eve. We're playing uh, up in Foxborough, and it was a great game. Yeah. And we come back, and I think with like 10 seconds left or something, Lindo kicks a 49, 50-yard field goal, and they get one play. Bledsoe, uh, it was a fumble, or you thought it was a fumble. We think the game's over. Everybody thinks the game's yeah. over. The stadium's clearing out. Everybody's running the locker room. We're celebrating. We just won AFC East championship. Yeah. And then, do you remember what happened after that? Oh, yeah, We're in the yeah. locker room. Dave's talking. He's hyped up. We, you know, we just won, passing out the the, the championship, the division championship T-shirts and hats. And then what happens? Then the officials come in and say, hey, "We got to go back out for one more play." <laughs> <laughs> it was an incomplete pass. I never seen anything like that. <laughs> Craziest thing. I'm I standing by the door, dude. Shower tape was cut off. I remember. I was already dressed. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I don't even know, man. It yeah, they're crazy. like, put your clothes back on. We got to go back out there. And the, you know, the dirty laundry's already half full. Oh, like, right. what, what, not digging through the laundry. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, the guys that were really pissed were the, the defensive, defensive guys. guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, I just remember someone's pounding on the door. I'm like, who the is pounding on the door? And I, I do a double take and I look over and it's like Johnny Greer, the official. That official he's pound, and, and he's just looking at us. And then I go, you know, hey, Stu and Stu and does the hey pal and opens up the door. And then Dave, what? He was in the middle of his speech. So, but as an offensive guy, who, as you said, the dirty laundry is already in there. What did you wear back out on the field? <laughs> we had our towels on. I was getting ready to go into the shower, you know. And uh, we're like, "What are we supposed to do?" And the line coach Boudreaux's like, "Screw him, go back out there in your towels." We're like, "All right, coach said it, you know." So I threw, I had um, some like uh, wool Birkenstocks on for the cold weather, <laughs> it was a big cold, huge leather jacket. It was cold as hell. I, I, I feel like there's a picture of you somewhere. You literally you're in a towel wrap. Yep, Did you man. put anything on underneath it? It had to be no, pretty no, cold no, there, Jed. No. <laughs> we weren't out there too long, but yeah, me and Doink, Kevin Donnelly was in it wearing his towel out there. <laughs> like a sweatshirt. Winter coat. Well. You had a coat on. You gotta find pictures of it. Right. It's absolutely fabulous. Yeah. But the guy, I remember Sam Madison was so pissed because also the, de- not just the defensive players, but the defensive backs knew that they were gonna have to do something. Yeah, it was gonna yeah. be a Hail Mary yeah. pass. Right. And they had to knock it down and all that. Those guys were living, and you guys, it was just kind of like, uh, what are those guys who dive into the ice water? And, you know, it was, it <laughs> the was polar just, bear this, yeah, it was just like this test of nerves for you and, and, yeah. and Donald. That was a I brutal game. The field was fr- completely, completely frozen. Completely frozen. Yeah. Chunky, like, yeah. like ice, like sharp frozen, man. It was terrible. And you had to walk up to get to the, the locker room. Yeah, it was that, room, that yeah. up, that yeah. slope and it was just covered in ice and it was slick exactly. and you guys in your cleats were sliding back yeah, and forth. Yeah, the old Foxborough. That was the last regular season game. They played the one against the Raiders, the snow game, the tuck game was the last game there. But that, yeah. was, that was, that was when they bulldozed it. Oh, man. Benches. They had the bench is, seating. Right? Yeah. The rest is definitely that we'd all like to forget. Well, you probably not. You got that hardware. But So with that win, we, I think we won the AFC East title, right? Yeah. Yep. And um, we had a home game against the Colts with Ezra James, Marvin Harrison, of course, uh, the great Peyton Manning. God, they were um, loaded. I remember that game because remember we were running crazy. Lamar's goal was running crazy. But you had a big game yourself. Yeah, I didn't play tons. You know, we had a lot in the playbook, but um, I was, you know, the run game was working. I think we did a lot of three wides to keep them in their nickel, and then you know Lamar was going off, and that was, um, you know, I caught that pass at the end to tie it, and uh, that was my first NFL touchdown. So that was pretty. That awesome. was your yeah, first one. Wow. I didn't realize. Yeah, that. I got a two point conversion nice in Philly, but no touchdowns in Philly. So where's the ball? Keep it. Yeah, I got it. It's at the house for yeah. sure. 
Big time ball. Yeah, I spiked that baby. I tried to pop it, but then I was like, oh, I want that one. So I ran I around. I need this thing. <laughs> Find where it bounced to. I, I can see where you get caught up in the emotion, though, yeah, yeah. because that was, I mean. Kenya Martin. I mean, Kenya Kenyon Drake. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, throw it at the man. Oh, wait a minute. I want you to put that thing on straight, right? Let me get that ball back. Yeah. yeah, and you couldn't just put a tweet out back then to, right. uh, to find the guy who caught the ball. So that would have taken a little bit more work. Yeah, man. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, it was good, man. But, uh, you know, both of us had a pretty good day. Big I was going to say, Dream, Dream had a big play, but you were doing some work, I too. Little, but you know what? Very few opportunities there. I was just you know, getting in where I fit in, man, and I made a, had a couple grabs. Getting in where he fit in. Yeah, I saw, that, uh, I saw that recently, that one-handed catch. Yeah, that's yeah. That's that was sweet, man. That's the one I remember yeah, right that there. was awesome. Couldn't get open. Jay put it way out there. <laughs> well, look, if he's going to catch a nine-yard touchdown pass, someone had to get us down to the nine-yard line. Ten, right, right. Ten. Sure, yeah, inside the ten. Who did that? Well, I mean, let's pull the tape. So, no, I mean, look, go back and look at it. So, you had, I think, back-to-back big catches, like 30 yeah. yards in catches to get us down to the nine-yard line. And then they tried to go to you on second down. Yeah, they tried to give me some more love. So, are, were you asking if Dream has the ball? Because that was supposed to be yours? It's supposed to be mine, man. <laughs> you know, I was going to see if I could figure out where it's at and hijack that thing, man. But, no, man, I mean, it's... He's got a few of them now, Dream. Yeah. Yeah. So does me. me. Just saying. I mean, come on, man. So then, then you're fine. I'm you good. don't need to take hits. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I would never. I would never. You're not going to take it? No. That's hilarious. Yeah, my wife after the game was like, were you nervous? I'm like, no way, man. I want him to throw me the ball. Like, what are you talking about? That's yeah, your big opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Line, man. Bottom line. Do what hope, you do. You hope you're not going to get called. Yeah. Or you hope you see the progressing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what, was, what was going on in the huddle? I mean, I, yeah. I think it's – I've heard you talk about that because, again – I forgot it was your first touchdown, but it's the last time we won a playoff game. And yeah. if you don't catch that ball, we don't score. I mean, I guess they go for it on fourth down as well. But if we don't score, we don't get into overtime yeah. and have an opportunity to, to win. And, you know, who knows when the hell the last time prior to that was. But you guys were – it's very rare that both of you – you know, we're sitting here. Both of you guys were in that huddle. Both of you guys contributed to that drive. Well, bring us into the huddle, guys. I mean, what was – I don't know what Jay was like. I know we've talked about what Dan was like in the huddle. I don't know what it was like with Jay. I know Lamar probably was just sitting there breathing heavy the whole time. I can only imagine what <laughs> he was going on. He was glad it was a pass play. Yeah. But, yeah. but, you know, what was happening there? I, I, I'm, you know, I want to feel like I was in the huddle. Well, Jay, Jay sure was a great leader, man. Jay, Jay had a swagger, man. He was confident there. And, you know, in those situations, man, that's what you really want. Yeah. You got to have a quarterback that's confident, you know, getting the play out, getting everybody quiet, getting everybody in the right position. You know what I mean? Knowing exactly what he wants to do with the football. And that's how Jay was, man. Jay, you can say whatever about Jay's arm or arm strength or whatever they want to talk about, man. But talk about the ball I caught. I mean, it couldn't have been a better pass. Through a tight spiral. You know, one-hand catches. How many one-hand catches have you seen, Dream, with balls of duck? Not very many. <laughs> no, fair when point. It's a, they got, it's got to be a tight spiral most of the time for these guys. They're not catching kickoffs one hand, right? right? They <laughs> no, right. Makes or sense. Punts, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So those tight spirals are the ones, man. And that's what Jay did. You know, so he was just a, he's just a fearless leader, man. And plus, I love that. I mean, our offense back then I thought was very interesting. That was Chan, right? We were mm-hmm. built under yep. Chan, and Chan had all kinds of stuff that maybe it was better back then than it worked out here for us now. But at the same time, you know, like things like six count and kind of like a, a zone a, a zone man side still kind of concept like we talked about with Bernie Kosar. Right. But uh, Chan was very very intelligent in terms of some of the stuff. Some a lot of same stuff, but it was intelligent the way we did it at times. Yeah. Well, what was the play call that you caught the touchdown pass on? 
Uh, the route was just Y loop, you know. I don't remember what the protection was or any of that stuff. I actually got it written on the ball, you know. I went back on all my touchdown balls and had like the play put on there and stuff. Oh, nice. You know? so, That's awesome. That yeah. is. Yeah. So I'm yeah. glad you didn't ask me to do that. So, <laughs> so when I was working for the team and Juice wanted to decorate, as he had just built this new home and this game room and the whole deal, and he wanted to decorate. And he asked me to do some research on all your touchdowns. And so I, you know, I got your stats and what have you. Man, if you had asked me to do the play call, you'd have had to find somebody else to do it. Yeah, I'm glad I would have lost out on that opportunity there. Yeah, so sure. very cool. Sure. Well, 2000 seasons, we said, last time they won a playoff game. Right. It was the last time you put on a Dolphins uniform. Right. And it was also the last time another great Miami Dolphin in team history put on a Dolphins u- uniform, Larry Izzo. Right. <laughs> so, uh, as we know, Larry, uh, signed with the Patriots. God, it's just hard for me to yeah, even talk about. But signed with the Patriots as a, as a free agent. I know you and Larry were close. You, Larry, T. Wade, you guys were all part of that Las Olas crew. You guys hung out down yeah. there a lot. Talk about your relationship with Larry. But then also, literally almost a year later, a little bit more than a year later after this glorious moment, Larry sends you a photograph <laughs> that became part of Dolphin's lore as well. So talk about those two things. I mean, Larry was just such a great guy, you know, I mean, um, really welcoming to me and, um, you know, we hit it off and uh, him and Zach were boys, you know, so just um, really like, you know, bring a young guy into the fold and, you know, like showed me around and, uh, you know, where are you going? What you doing? You know, where are you hanging out? You know, and um, he was like the mayor so, of yeah, downtown yeah, football. Everywhere, <laughs> always, you know, and uh, yeah, when he left, it was like, why are you leaving, man? We're the best in the division, you <laughs> right. know, and he's like, hey, man. Special teams guy, they're going to give me a little bonus and I get more than minimum. What do you want me to do? It's like, all right, well, we're going to kill you guys every time we play you. And then, Jeez. of course, the Tom Brady era starts and uh, the rest is history. But, um, yeah, we got that picture in our locker. Well, we got it you know, after the Super Bowl party they had and a couple of our other mates, uh, T. Buck and D. Heward and Gray Rugemer, because he was actually God, Gray here. Gray Rugemer was also on yeah, the team. Yeah, he was here and then he got cut and... Um, yeah, I don't know. If you count it up, probably 15 to 20 Dolphins got one of those three Super Bowl rings in 01, 03, and 04. Jeez. And, uh, Juice didn't want to hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. a Ben Kelly story we'll have to tell yeah. another time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we get the picture and, uh, from the Super Bowl party and, you know, I didn't, I didn't make any big deal of it. You know, I just hung it in my locker, you know, cause Dave brought in, you know, Dave was always bringing in people for motivation, and everything else and brought in, uh, someone talking about, uh, Yarmir Yager and, um, when Yugoslavia or, you know, whatever Eastern Bloc country he was from got invaded in 1968. So that's why he wore number 68. So it was his motivation to succeed and, and his drive and all of that, you wow. know. And, Stuck uh, with you. Yeah. And what's your 68? That's, if someone ever says that, that's the basis of the okay. story. So very cool. So I just, you know, put it in my locker and. So, so hold on, before we go too far, too far into this, so people understand this photograph. And we've talked about it here in the tank, and Larry's talked about it, but nowadays they would have just texted it to you, right? (laughs) But back then it was an actual photograph from an actual camera with film that he went to Walgreens or something, and it was a picture of Larry, T-Buck, Damon, and gray, and they were giving you the one finger salute, yeah, yeah. showing off their their new rings. They were giving us the Patriots number one. <laughs> the Patriots are number one, right? Okay, so I just want to make sure if you're listening to this, and you didn't know the story. That's the picture that became your 68. Yeah, you know, get a ring. What are you gonna do? What are you here for? You know, what's your what's your motivation? Getting that fat ring. 
So, you know, I hung it in my locker, just wrote 68 on the tape. I didn't tell him, you know, it was people that came by and knew the story and obviously are on the team knew what, what the deal was because right. we'd all been in the meeting, you know, and, uh, I was working out, you know, at lunch one day and the media's always in the, in the locker room at lunch and come back and the tape's like, you know, the picture's crooked and the tape's all jacked up and, uh, half on there. And I'm like, what the hell? And then, uh, <laughs> you know, a couple weeks later, Larry calls her a week later. I guess we were playing the Patriots that week, and uh, Larry calls me, man, come on, man, what are you doing? Why are you showing everybody this? I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? Don't send the photo, is? <laughs> so uh, now the story, again, I, I, as you know firsthand, I reach out to guys for some research. T. Wade said that first, I guess before the media found it, that Dave Wanstead had brought it into a meeting. And, and discussed it in a meeting. I don't know if you remember this or not, no. but T, and maybe T. Wade's making it up. But he said you were sitting in a meeting and, and, and Dave brings up in the meeting and he holds up the photo and he's, and, and Doc said he audibly heard you go, what the fuck was he doing in my locker? <laughs> so I don't know if you remember that or not. But then he said, so Dave did that. And then I know the media made a big deal. Right. And apparently it got back to Belichick. And so, uh, both Damon and Izzo got, they lost a week of training camp revenue for conduct detrimental. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they blames you for it. Yeah, Larry. Don't send a picture. Yeah, I got fined fifteen hundred bucks for that, man. <laughs> Sorry, bro. That's right. That's right. Oh man, he should know better. They just won the Super Bowl and got all those extra checks. So. Yeah, he'd be okay. That point. That's, 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 that's a fair point. <laughs> you know, man, that's that's nothing right there. <laughs> Playoff money, then yeah, that's pretty nice. Right there. Jimmy, much like me, you, you like to get your nose dirty a little bit, man. Mix it up a little bit. Have some fun out there. You had running backs. You know, we just talked a little bit about Lamar Smith. And then, of course, you got Ricky Williams, you know, who came in after that. To be able to, for one, block for those guys. Sometimes, you know, it don't matter if you get the ball thrown to you. If you see them buzz by you, man, that's kind of a, that's a, that's like a completion yourself. You know, and, you know, and you and Ricky being kind of the same kind of cats, right? West Coast kind of guys and, no. you know, free spirits like that, man. You guys, how'd you guys vibe? How'd you guys get along? Good. He was really cool, you know. I mean, he was just here for that one year, but and he kept to himself a lot. But um, you know, he was he was a great guy, you know. And uh, I just actually he was here for an event and uh, saw him and was talking to him about um, you know, he was a different dude. So um, I asked him if he remembered this, and uh, we played Chicago on Monday night that season, and you know that's when he was rolling. Man, he's and uh, yeah, yeah, I think 200 yards, three games in a row, or three out of four, something, something like that, and then. Um, so, the, you know, it was monsoon rains, like in warm-ups and at the beginning of the game, and then it stopped. But it was just a mud pile out there, you know. And so, I mean, he got, I think he went for 230 or something. And, uh, I, you know, we always used to hang out in the player a lot, you know, just wait for the for the parking lot to clear out and stuff. And I always had a cooler full of beer in the back for everybody <laughs> and uh, waiting our time. And he Rick actually parked next to me in the parking lot. And um, I walked over to him. You know, I saw him hanging out. He was talking to some people. So I walked over to him like, Rick, you know, want a beer or anything and uh he's like oh yeah man that'd be great i love a beer and i look down he's barefooted standing in the <laughs> wet parking lot i'm like rick what are you doing man like don't you have any flip-flops or nothing man those i don't know man those cleats hurt my feet man i, I can't wear those you know there's no you got no shower shoes or nothing man, oh, man. <laughs> so i'm like i gotta get you some rainbow sandals you know some nice leather sandals from southern california <laughs> that is hilarious that was so him too we were he was one time doing Doing something he was watching film or what have you and he had remember he had that jeep and he had the top off the jeep 
and it just starts pouring, as it tends to do here in South Florida. Right. And somebody said, who's Jeep? And I go, oh, it's Ricky. He's like, oh, you want to let him know? And it's like, I go in, and I was like, hey, Ricky. He's like, yeah, yeah. And I said, you know, your top's down. He goes, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I had the top down. I go, rain it. It's pouring outside. He goes, oh, okay, yeah, cool. Do <laughs> so you want to go close it? He goes, Sorry, it's all good. You know, it's like he, he had barefoot, tops down. He had his bike stolen one time. We did a photo shoot on South Beach, and he goes, "That's okay. Someone probably needed it more than I did." So you talk about laid back, man. He was pretty laid back. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah, he's yeah. a great dude. Yeah, for sure. So I mentioned Todd Wade earlier, and I know you guys got close, but it, it, I think his rookie season was your first year here. Yeah. So you weren't a rookie, but two young guys. Right. Again, I know he was an offensive lineman, you were tight end. But you played together. You guys certainly hung out together. You had a lot of fun with T. Wade. Yeah. So uh, I, I think there was a fun nickname you were telling me about that, that <laughs> he, he had uh, been given. And then there was a prank or two that we might have pulled on Todd. So talk about some good T. Wade memories. Well, it was just classic because he, he was a second rounder, but he was the number one pick for the Dolphins. That right. He was like the second pick in the second round. So, you know, early pick and... Uh, you know, he, his agent hooked it up. He got a, he, uh, next thing you know, there's, a, I think it was during training camp or probably in the summer after he got drafted, but, um, Webby was always like, Oh, big do, big do, you know, and, uh, cause Richmond Webb, he didn't say much, but, you know, he was always rousting everybody with the joke here or there, you know, so at first I didn't know what he was talking about. And then, you know, I'm watching TV and there's T Wade on a big do Haney Ford commercial. <laughs> big, big do Haney, big do, big do, you know, and uh, he wouldn't say anything else. Just top and go walking by the locker room. You see big do, big do Haney right there. Richmond was great for that. Too. He would always find the little things. He yeah. was the nicest guy. Yeah, and he was an old man then, you know. Oh, so right. it was awesome seeing him cut up the young guys. But uh, <laughs> but that was great. And then yeah, me and T Wade were uh, we sat on the plane together. We were roommates on the road. And uh, oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. So uh, you know, back then, you know, like you go to other teams and like all the veterans, everyone has their own room, room, on, room. The, on the road. And then here you go, you got those <laughs> yeah. are all like little things. The plane, you know, you're sharing with someone. You know, linemen are sharing three seats rather than like everyone has their own seat. You know, just little things like so that. Some teams did it better, differently, huh? Yeah, yeah. I remember those. those tight you had to pay for tight. your own room, didn't yeah. you? You had to pay extra the upcharge. Oh yeah, if you want to. Older guys ended up getting theirs, you know. But yeah, it was, it was like crazy. Danny. Danny yeah, was getting yeah, his yeah. own room towards yeah, yeah. there. He was probably like a baseball player. He had a suite and everything. Oh, you know, with everything in <laughs> He probably should have been. When you get in there. What about the time we went to Universal Studios? Yeah, that so was a classic. <laughs> so, because, <laughs> yeah, we, we talked to Todd about this. But if I recall, was it your birthday? Yeah. Yeah, so it was Dream's birthday and Finn's TV. It was Finn's TV back then. And they wanted to follow Dream around about he was celebrating his birthday because Dave Wanstead decided he's going to take the whole team to Universal Studios because we were practicing up in Orlando against the Bucks. Was it? Yeah, yeah. They, they had training the camp at Disney. Yeah, but T. Wade was in the group. And we got him. Yeah. Yeah. So we all, we switch into uh, little groups, you know, and then we all have our own tour guide, you know, so we can go on the rides. Everyone kind of split up and, uh, we were mic'd up and, um, at Universal Studios at, Inc- at the Incredible Hulk, they have, uh, you know, there's I, I this big, right? yeah, yeah, there's, uh, you know, before you get on the ride, there's, you know, Banner, the, the doctor, and then he's turning into the Hulk, you know, ripping right. off his doctor outfit. And the thing's probably 15, 20 feet tall, you know, by the time he turns into the Hulk. So, you know, and Todd looks like Lou Ferrigno a little bit, you know, tall, big guy, black hair, you know, so. Like Todd, get over there. Go stand in front of there, man. Act like you're uh, act like you're gonna turn into the Hulk. 
<laughs> and then we're telling all these kids around. There was like school kids, like yeah. uh, it was and like it was, tours, it was like school studios, tours, right, yeah, for right. kids or something. And uh, I go ask him for his autograph. <laughs> that's that's the guy. That's the Hulk. He was the one on TV. <laughs> and then so their parents like, that's really Lou Ferrigno. Like, <laughs> they were taking like, pictures, right? <laughs> man, they all gathered around him, and we were. T- and he was. So, he started funny, to man. Hulk out. Like he started. Right, right, right. Yeah, 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 he was getting upset. When Todd gets frustrated, he don't want to hear. Get away from me, little kid. <laughs> Throwing him around, tossing him. And then we get into the line, and he's pissed, and he's dog-cussing us. And So Dream and I find another kid in line, and we give the kid five bucks to go up and ask him if he's, oh, man. Oh, God. That's outstanding, man. That's good, man. Yeah, and then we get, we get on the ride, and, you know, you got to, like, pull the thing over because your feet are hanging down. Like, he's so big. Like, they're pushing on the thing to try to get the latch, you know, over his shoulder. Like, slouch down a little, bro. Such a monster. Dude, it was a behemoth. Yeah, it was a behemoth. huge. Yeah, that was classic. And then, of course, we play Tampa. And then, you know, we lose. We come out flat. Like, you know, in the hotel, it's a night game. Of course, it's preseason. Todd's getting a deep tissue massage from one of the massage therapists in the hotel. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm only playing like one series, bro. I'll be done. I'll be fine. You know? <laughs> and then we come out and then we get dog cussed by Dave. You came out flat. No one had any uh, motivation or, you know, we're all slow. Like we walked around the amusement park yesterday all day, bro. What do you expect? <laughs> you tell us all season long to stay off the fucking feet. And then, we, and then we spend like six hours walking around and we went to both parks. Yeah. It was yeah, like Island Adventure. Yeah. Yeah. And you couldn't carry Potty away back and forth back then. Yeah. That, that, was, funny. that, that was, was a long day. At the park. <laughs> it's a great birthday, though. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. <laughs> Too funny. Well, Dream, man, you know, I don't know if I've said enough, man, but I always appreciate, you know, all the work you've done with my foundation, their foundation, you know, just always in the community, man, whether it's when you played or even, you know, up to this day, man, it was bowling or yeah. we had golf at one point, Grand Ghoul, you know, things yeah, like yeah. that, man. But I also understand at some point, even a little sideways on, on the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> tell, me, tell me a little bit about that, Dream. Well, you know, OJ's a party. OJ's a, event was a party. OJ's party was an event, but uh, yeah, it's a party where golf kind of broke <laughs> yeah, out, yeah, right? Yeah. Golf was in there, you know. He had the 19th hole with the DJ and the interconnection and a dunk tank and everything. And uh, <laughs> on a golf course, yeah, <laughs> you know, that was awesome. Like that halfway the through the events. halfway through the tournament, you can't find any of the Nobody, celebrities because. They're all in the 19th oh, hole, and these other guys you. are finishing the round. Yeah, so. like, we got to finish at least, bro. No, man, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? Or we're waiting to go over here. Like, oh, just go ahead, man. We don't even know when we're, if we're going to finish, you know. And uh, I was riding with uh, Ben Adams. You know, he's a big, huge lineman. He was probably 330, you know, and uh, he was all about the bench press. He was, you know, so we <laughs> called him Bench Adams. And uh, <laughs> we, uh, we, you know, we're cruising. He wasn't even golfing. He was just driving around and uh, partying. And uh, so we come up over this hill looking for my ball. And uh, just the momentum got us, man. We went down hard on the side. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Crashed and skidded on the side on the hill. Like, That's a lot of beat you know, in, in that. In that. <laughs> <laughs> there a yeah, weight we, limit? Uh, like when you get in an elevator and they tell you how oh, yeah. Is there a capacity there? Yeah, there's a, a turning weight limit. You know, side hill turning is not recommended <laughs> with this guy in your we climb, crash over, fall down, climb out of the window, you know, like, did you all right? Yeah, I'm good, man. Let's get it back on its wheels. We made it the rest of the round, you know. Oh, <laughs> so, did you even know this happened? No, I had no idea. 
I hope you had a good event insurance policy. Yeah, we did. Yeah, okay. Sure it did. was good. It was good. <laughs> I mean, it's the first time you're hearing about it, right. so I guess it's, it's there's got to be a statute of limitations on that. Yeah, so, yeah. Man. Twenty years. It's, it's over. Close. Now, did it roll over towards whose side, Ben's side or yours? Ben, side? yeah, we were we were uh, on the side hill and. Uh, Went right over on his side. Oh, so I fell God. on him, and then I rolled, you know, I had to roll out the front window to, to get Wait, out you of the land car. on him? Oh, yeah. You know, what are you going to do? What? There's no seatbelts in that. At least he absorbed the blow for yeah, yeah. Did he come out of it okay? Yeah, he was good. He was good. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I didn't know. Golly, that's like my worst nightmare at one of our events. Right. That's what I'm saying, man. Golf courses, they take on a lot of risks at times. Yeah. That's why, that's why I went back. That's why we went indoors with bowling. Went with him with bowling. <laughs> bowling Everybody stand on this side yeah. of the ball and throw the thing down there. Yeah, I get right. it. But just hit the nail on the head, man. You have always been, I, I don't know if I've ever been to a community event that Dream hasn't been Correct. there. Came to everything we did. You're one of my go-to guys when I, I go through my list. Um, I know, and you couldn't make it this year, but I typically see you at Vernon Carey's, the father-daughter yeah, event. Yeah. We, we love that. Uh, obviously all OJ stuff, the, the Jim Moran Foundation stuff, the, yeah. the YETC event they used to do up in Orlando. Talk about why that's just so important to you, the, you know, to, to give back of your time. You really have become a part of this community and, and why is it so important? To not just, I'm sure, you know, I don't know what you're doing personally and making financial contributions, but your time is so darn valuable. And talk about why that's important to give that. Yeah, I mean, everyone has their, uh, you know, mission statement, what they're doing, what their focus is. And, um, you know, people pay a ton of money to come to that. And, you know, I'm not one of the A-list guys, but, you know, you meet tons of great people. For me, it's also become a networking thing now that I'm in the real estate business. But, you know, I mean, for it really helps those guys out, you know, and you know that there's yeah. direct correlation to you being there, people paying for that, coming the next year. And then that money goes directly to the cause that they're working on and to people in the community, kids in the community. And, uh, you know, I mean, stuff like that JT's had with the, you know, at Old Navy. Yep. You get to meet the kids. And, you know, growing up in a small town, Neil Lomax came one time. You know, the old quarterback for the Cardinals yeah. came one time to one camp that we went to. And it was just mind-blowing that there was an NFL guy there, you know. And, of course, down here, there's a chance for way more interaction because there's just way more people and way more stuff going on. Right. But at the same time, obviously, the people that foundations and the kids that people are helping don't get those opportunities most of the time, you know. So it really, you know, a lot of times they're super shy or, you know, they're not going to be super interactive with you. But at the same time, knowing what it meant to me as a young kid, and I wasn't, you know, obviously I didn't have like a long conversation or anything. It was just being there and listening to what that person said, you know, what he said and seeing he was at the pinnacle and having that opportunity to try to, to emulate that and be in that position. You I know, love it, that. I know it has that correlation and, um, you know, it really helps like the Moran thing, you know, I've been to the school where all, you know, that one event, they raise all the money yeah, the for YC, the school. The youth automotive training YTC. center is unbelievable. Yeah, for the whole year, you know. And, right. I mean, those are at risk. Everyone is at risk that's in there. And, you know, they can create a life, you know, that they wouldn't be able to otherwise, you know. So it's, um, and it, you know, I mean, it helps out, you know. It really it really matters to the guys. And you can't put on an event and no one shows up. And then, you know, obviously you do it one time and couldn't do it again, you know. And my wife thinks I do every event I get invited to, but I don't. <laughs> I turned You do a lot of them. You, you can't do, do, you can't do everything, you know, but, you know, you try to pick and choose. Of course, you know, the people you're connected with most, you know, that helps yeah, them and that stuff. Sure. So, awesome. so, yeah, I mean, you know, it matters. We're out here, you know, obviously throughout the beginning of COVID and everything, you know, passing out meals for people and, 
you know, in the mornings and all of that. And Mr. Ross did and the Dolphins Foundation's done. And it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's, you, you can see it going into the community and the help and the good that it does, you know. So, I mean, what so else? Great. If, yeah. if that's what you can do to help, I mean, it's minuscule compared to everything else, you know. Yeah. I mean, it is great, but again, it's your time. So it's, um, we don't take it for granted. I know right. I, I speak for Juice myself when we put on these events. It's hard to make those calls and to get guys. And, and it, you know, you said something that, that really, I don't want to say struck a nerve with me, but it stood out to me in the fact that you said, well, I'm not an A-list guy. And Juice, we want those A-listers and your sponsors pay big money for them. And some of them are great. You know, I, I know if I put OJ McDuffie with a group that they're going to have the best time they've ever had. But I've also had guys that yeah. you put them with and they're great big names. And you put them on the golf course and they don't talk to somebody for four hours. Right. <laughs> or, you know, we, we have some of those things. And I, I think there's something to be said for, number one, we understand why people are A-listers and not all things are created equal. But you still played in the NFL as long no, as you did. You right, still, right. you know, you're, you're smart. You always wear that Super Bowl ring. And as much as we hate the fact that it's not a Miami <laughs> Dolphins ring, that's a pretty cool thing. And Jet, people are walking around taking pictures, wearing your ring. Yeah, and you engage with people, yeah. man. And I think that that, that to me, Juice, Way more is, important, man. It really is. It becomes Way more important. more important, man. I tell you, it does, man. You know, and it's a lot of times, man. Dream gets He'll get a call from me every time. Yeah. Because, and you know what else? happens too is like my guests ask for him back over and over and That's over again thing. you know and those are the guys that you really want out there we of course you talk about guys that are quote unquote a-list guys I've no bunch that have been in my events and I would never have them back yeah you know yeah. what I mean because that's not what we're looking for you know you want guys you talk about I mean, Dream, Dream could play with anybody. Yep. You know what I mean? He can hang with anybody. You know, that's what I love about him, man. He's always great. And everybody loves him. There's no doubt. But today he hung with us. He hung with us. <laughs> he hung with <laughs> us. So that's it. Yeah. I, I appreciate that, yeah, man. I'm and so now I can just keep hitting you up for stories about everybody else. <laughs> but it was awesome to get you in here, man, and continued success with everything you're doing off the field. And um, just know that OJ and I will be hitting you up when yeah. we have events. Absolutely. So, Sounds good. I'll be there. Andrew. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. <laughs> You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth Living, Seth. OJ, Juice, man, this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. Dolphins, number one. one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, dive up in that fish tank, go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank, it's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank, rocking with OJ and Seth when you dive up in that fish tank. Okay, this one for them diehards Celebrate big or cry hard Leave it all on the field, we gon' try hard Old school, a new school, mix it in Feeling like we up close when we listening Dolphins tales, in Miami is the deep end We vibing with our favorite players, no secret We get with Seth and McDuffie Bringing up stories we never heard to the public Bet we love it, Dolphins fans never budget We loyal to the team, whether happy or we upset We be like, what's next? Don't switch the subject You know it's all about the fans And if you ready for that water, time to dive in Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about the fans And if you down with Dolphins Nation, time to dive in Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about the fans You looking at that fish tank, it's time to dive in fish tank Go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank Rockin' with OJ
Jay and Seth for you. Dab up in that bitch tank. Dog pants are at a token, but the devil.